So you want to be a real estate investor, but where do you start? How do you know what information and sources to trust? That's where I come in. I'm Johnny Catani, and this is the Investor Relations Real Estate Podcast. Hey guys, real quick, before we start, go to investwithkatani.com and download my free ebook, Is Commercial Real Estate Recession Proof? Now to today's show. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Investor Relations Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Catani, and I am joined today by Mark Podolsky, armed with $3,000, gut-wrenching fear, and absolutely no real estate experience. Mark bought his first few parcels of raw land in 2001. Today, Mark is the author of Dirt Rich, the ultimate guide to helping you build a passive income and owner of Frontier Properties, a very reputable and successful land investing company, and has been buying and selling land full-time since 2001. By focusing on working smart, not hard, he has completed over 5,500 land deals with an average ROI of over 300% on cash flips and over 1,000% on deals he sells with financing terms. Mark, welcome to the show. Jonathan Katani, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So uh, obviously very excited to uh, talk, as I mentioned, off camera about raw land. Don't come across that too often, but let's kind of start at the beginning. What even led you here? So if we rewind the tape to 2000, I was a miserable, micromanaged, 45-minute commute to work and back investment banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions with private equity groups. And Jonathan, it got so bad for me. I wouldn't get the Sunday blues anticipating Monday coming around. I'd get the Friday blues anticipating the weekend going by really fast and having to be back at work on Monday. So my firm hires this guy. He's telling me that as a side hustle, he's buying up raw land, pennies on the dollar at tax deed auctions. He's flipping them online and he's making a 300% return on his investment. And I'm looking at companies all day long. And a great company, great, has 15% EBITDA margins or free cash flow. Average companies, 10%. I'm looking at companies all day long, less than 10%. So of course, I don't believe him. So I've got three grand saved up for car repairs. I go to New Mexico with him. I do exactly what he tells me to do. I buy 10 half acre parcels, an average price of $300 each. I flip them online and they all sell for an average price of $1,200 each. It worked, 300%. So I took all that money and went to another auction where I live in Arizona. And again, it's 2000. There's no one in the room. I'm buying up lots of acreage for nothing. I sell all that land and I made over $90,000 cash. So I go to my wife and she's pregnant. I said, honey, I'm going to quit my job and become a full-time land investor. And she's like, absolutely not. So I said, <laughs> okay, okay. So it took about 18 months for the land investing income to exceed the investment banking income. And then I quit and I've been doing it full-time ever since. And I love it. Wow. That's awesome. So let's kind of, uh, obviously incredible returns. So let's kind of break it down. Give like a high level overview of, you know, what is investing in raw land kind of entail? Yeah. So I'm going to walk you through exactly what I do, my exact model. So Jonathan, you're in Utah, correct? Yes. Okay. Let's assume that you just like a couple years ago, bought five acres of raw land in Arizona where I live, but you owe $200 in back taxes. So you're essentially advertising two important things to me. Number one, 
you have no emotional attachment to the raw land. You're in Utah, properties in Arizona. And number two, you're financially distressed in some weird way because we don't pay for things like property taxes. We don't value them in the same way. As a result, the county treasurer keeps sending you notices saying, Jonathan, if you don't pay your property taxes, we're going to auction off that property to a tax deed or a tax lien investor. So all I'm going to do is look at the comparable sales on your five-acre parcel for the last 12 to 18 months. I'm going to take the lowest comparable sale, and I'm going to divide by four. And I'm actually going to send you an offer. Now, what that offer is, is a 300% margin of safety, as Warren Buffett would say. So let's just use easy math. Say the lowest comparable sale is $10,000. I'm sending you an offer for $2,500. Now you accept it because for you, $2,500 is better than nothing. In reality, three to 5% of people accept my quote unquote top dollar offer. But now that you've accepted it, I have to go through due diligence or in-depth research. I have to confirm you still own the property. I have to confirm back taxes are only $200. I have to make sure there's been no breaks in the chain of title. There's no liens or encumbrances. I want to know what the legal access is like, ingress and egress. What are the restrictions from planning and zoning? So I have this whole long checklist. And I outsource that to my team. In the Philippines, I pay about 11 bucks. They're connected to an American title company. So let's assume everything checks out. And now I'm going to buy that property from you for $2,500. I send you a check for $2,300. I send the treasurer a check for $200. Now I own it free and clear. So now I'm gonna sell it 30 days or less. I'm gonna make a cash flow like a rental home. So Jonathan, I have a built-in best buyer. Do you know who it is? Who? No guesses? The state. No. The neighbors. The, the neighbors. neighbors. So oftentimes the neighbors will buy it because I'm gonna send out a neighbor letter saying, here's your opportunity, protect your privacy, protect your views, know your neighbor. Now, if the neighbors pass, I'll go to my buyer's list. If the buyer's list passes, I'll go to a little website you may have never heard of. It's called Craigslist, 10th most trafficked <laughs> website in the United States. No, this, is a, new, this is a new website? It's, 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 it's been around a while, but it's not that well known. Um, newspapers don't really love it. Uh, and then there's Meta or Facebook, buy, sell groups, the marketplace. And then I'm going to go to the lands, landmoto.com landsofamerica.com, landandfarm.com, landflip.com, landhub.com, all these platforms where people buy and sell raw land. But the way that I do it is really where the magic happens. So all I'm going to ask for from another buyer is a $2,500 down payment to control your five-acre parcel. And then I'm just going to make it a car payment. Let's say $3.99 a month, 9% interest in the next 84 months. So it's a one-time sale. I get my money out on the down payment. I could go six to 10 months out. And then I'm going to make it a car payment of $3.99 a month, 9% interest over the next 84 months, no renters, no rehabs, no renovations, no rodents. And because I'm not dealing with a tenant, I'm exempt from Dodd-Frank, RESPA, and the SAFE Act, all this onerous real estate legislation. So it's a simple game. Can I create enough of these land notes where my passive income now exceeds my fixed expenses and I'm working because I want to, not because I have to. Interesting. Okay, so a couple questions come to mind. One, <clears throat> are you able to consider yourself a real estate professional so you can kind of deduct things? I know you can't 
uh, depreciate land. So are some of the incentives around, you know, investing in multifamily and those like aren't available. So are there still tax incentives uh, in this? So they're okay. Like you said, right. You can't depreciate raw land. It lasts forever. So the only way to get any kind of tax benefit at all is to invest using a self-directed vehicle. So you can use a self-directed IRA, like a SEP or self-directed Roth. So you can grow. So my average return is 300 to a thousand percent. So you can grow those returns and compound them tax deferred or tax free. But to your point, you do not get depreciation. So outside of that, you're basically paying capital gains. Is that how they do it? Or is it ordinary income typically? So it depends, right? Like the way that I do it, it's a business. I'm in the, like, I can't make an argument. I'm a dealer in raw land. Now, if I had a W-2 job and I was doing this part-time, I might be able, if I hold it a year and a day, I might be able to make a capital gains argument. But for the most part, most people who are doing the volume that we do, because they're smaller deals, they will be a dealer in raw land and paying ordinary income taxes. And you have to, just like any business, you just write you know, your expenses off. Got it. Okay. So that makes sense. So now let's kind of get into the, the land side of things. What, what is like an ideal parcel look like for you or going after anything? You know, you mentioned kind of your due diligence checklist. So, you know, what is it that you're really looking for? Well, I mean, Jonathan, let's just be honest, right? Nobody wakes up and thinks to themselves, boy, I'd like some raw land in Iowa today, <laughs> unless you live in Iowa, right? So I'm going to focus on New Mexico, Colorado, Arizona, maybe even Utah, uh, Oregon, Washington, California, Nevada. Uh, these are the sunshine states. These are the fast growing states. So Southwest, Northwest, California, and then Florida as well. So there's, an, you know, Texas, there's just an abundance of inexpensive raw land there. And that's gonna be my biggest buyer pool. That's not to say I couldn't do deals elsewhere. I could but I want to have the biggest buyer pool possible. So that's really where we're going to start. Okay. That, I mean, that makes sense, right? You want to buy land where people are actually going to want the land. Right. Right. Yeah. Logic checks out there. Okay. So, so you've got that part of it. Um, is it, and then you're only going and buying like the auction, like the ones that are past no, due? Because, or? No, because if I'm going to an auction, now I'm in a competitive bidding situation. I don't want to pay 80 cents of the dollar or 90 cents of the dollar. You know, sometimes you overpay because there's, you just want to buy something. You spend all this time to go there. Although I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd have a bidder bid it for me, but that's a whole other story. So my whole philosophy is I can always make more money. I can't get more time. So anything I can do to save myself time. So for example, when I send out an offer, I send out an actual offer. I don't want to be in the negotiation business saying, I'm interested in buying your raw land. Well, I mentioned selling my, land, my raw land, and now we're in a negotiation. So that's why I have that three to 5% response rate. So, you know, people aren't negotiating with me. Uh, so by the time they, they open your mailer, it's a little offer where they could sign and boom, it's done. Correct. Correct. Got Contingent it. upon due diligence. Okay. So you kind of alluded to having a team now. So kind of talk about, you know, what, what that looks like in terms of what you've built. For, for a team and, and all that. Right. So I'm going to use leverage. I want to leverage other people's time and software. 
And as I get even bigger, other people's money. So three points of leverage. So the first one is software. So essentially I've automated the business 90% with software on the front end and then on the back end with a set it, forget it collection system called geekpay.io. The front part is called lgpass.com. So using software there. Then I have a team in Jamaica and the Philippines to help with each aspect of the business. So inexpensive virtual assistants. I have an American-based uh, acquisition manager that handles the sales as well as customer support and manages the team. So the average client that runs this business, they're looking at about $1,000 to $1,500 a month in fixed expenses to run their business using software, inexpensive virtual assistants. That does not count the, what I would call the investment in your mailings. Okay. Awesome. So you've been able to basically lean and mean, right? Just kind of lean and mean, like you said, mostly automated, not dealing with tenants, none of that stuff. So it allows really, like you said, very automated. So you mentioned one of your lever points is other people's money. So it sounds like you're at the point where you're bringing in investors as well. Uh, correct. Correct. Okay. And what, what does that look like in terms of finding investors to invest in raw land? Is it, you know, People just well, kind of friends and family or? Yeah, I mean, you know, typically it's accredited investors and um, I can't talk too much publicly about it. It's, it's a one-to-one -one type of thing. Got it. Okay. Okay. So you can't talk about how you kind of find them and, and build that relationship, but that's fair. I mean, makes sense. So what are yeah, kind I of mean, some of We need to have a, a established relationship. Ah, okay. Got it. So what are kind of the misconceptions then around investing in raw land? I think the biggest misconception is that it doesn't cash flow. So that is the typical model where, you know, people buy raw land, they hold it, they pay property taxes, it's got negative cash flow. And then one day development comes and it, it hockey sticks up and old Jeb's a millionaire. Well, the way that I do it is I don't care if it hockey sticks up. It's great if it, if it does and development comes, but otherwise I'm going to make a cash flow from day one. Okay. And that's that model where you get your money back on the down payment and then set up the, the payment plan with interest. Correct. Got it. Okay. Wow. That's a fascinating model. And in the beginning, you were buying mostly these like auction ones. So where did this kind of business model kind of build from? So or strategy, I should say. I mean, the strategy sort of came about because I got tired of going to these auctions and overpaying. So, you know, from 2001, let's say to 2006, well, it was very, very competitive as that market got hotter. And then after that, it kind of cooled down, but I, I started just really thinking deeply about the business, the business model, uh, you know, becoming an entrepreneur, and how can I actually grow something bigger than myself? And the only way to scale this was to get the property before it became a competitive situation. Okay, and that makes perfect sense. And obviously you've been able to establish those. So do you find that, you know, you send a mailer and then do people sometimes have more land they're even willing to sell that you didn't even, didn't even know? Oftentimes, yeah, they have more land they want to sell or even when I send out neighbor letters to sell, they're like, oh, I'm interested in selling too. Wow. That's awesome. So with the change in the economic landscape, obviously like, you know, commercial real estate, a lot of 
variables at play. Do any of those variables come into play with this as well? Or you can kind of just keep going no matter what interest rates are doing or supplies or any of that stuff? I mean, it's, you know, it's an inefficient market. So nobody really knows the value of the raw land. It's just what a buyer and a seller agree to. Now, that being said, you know, the land business or the land market is still a market and it is contingent upon all types of factors outside of our control, like the economy. So what we'll see typically, based on my experience in 2010, when commercial and residential are getting hit first, let's call them the big head of real estate, land is the long tail of real estate. So we'll see those markets getting hit first, then we can make adjustments and, and start making, uh, you know, either buying down or selling or whatever we need to do with that portfolio. Makes perfect sense. So you mentioned that it's kind of between buyer and seller. So there are there scenarios there? I feel like there's got to be where the market's kind of set like, oh, in this county, this is how much an acre is, or is it still you can negotiate or, or I guess you don't negotiate, you just give an offer. And if they accept it, that's it. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's just 25 cents on the dollar. Uh, okay. So you are doing research in terms of finding out how much it, it costs to yeah. formulate your, your offer. I mean, yeah, I need, I need some kind of comparable sale for data. Absolutely. Now, if I can't get a comparable sale, I'll just use assess value. Okay. That makes sense. And now, so kind of swing back in the beginning, we mentioned how you wrote uh, a book, kind of a guide to passive income. Is it, I assume by dirt rich, it's, it's just strictly focused on this raw land. It is. I'm a, I'm a mile deep, uh, an inch wide. Absolutely. Awesome. I love that. And do you invest passively in anything else now that you've no, oh, wow. I, I, I don't, uh, it's not to say that I, I wouldn't, I just can't find anything better than what I'm doing, uh, return wise. So I, I think one of the biggest financial lies that we all hear about is diversification. So if you have an, a, an advantage, in your niche, why on earth would you ever diversify into anything else? Yeah, I mean, that's totally fair, right? You, you even, you know, you find multifamily operators, right? That's all they do is multifamily because that's what they know. And, and that's where they're able to make their money, obviously not returns like this. So over the years, are more people getting into this? Like, is it becoming a, more of a prevalent uh, investment for people? I mean, it, it is, I, th I think more people are getting into it just because I'm out there talking about it. And so in that respect, there are more people in the big scheme of the market. You, me, a million people could be in this niche. We'll all run out of money before we run out of deal flow. The market is so big. There's billions of acres of raw land available. There's no big money in it. There's no private equity groups. There's no hedge funds. And you couldn't find literally a more boring real estate niche. <laughs> like you're not going to go on HGTV or the DIY network and say, flip this land. The four pictures raw land, the after pictures raw land. So, you know, if you have an ego, this is not the niche for you. Yeah, that's very fair. It is. Uh, well, I mean, listen, I love numbers and these numbers make it very enticing, which, so I can totally understand why you're in it, but it's definitely not anything, you know, 
sexy, right? You're you're not going to a conference and one of the keynote speakers is talking about raw land. Right. And if you go to a RIA meeting, uh, real estate investment association meeting, 100 people in the room, 99 of them will be house flippers, landlords, and wholesalers. You and I would be the only land guys there. That's awesome. And so now, obviously, with very digital age, it must be very easy now to find all this information and find the land and all of that as well. Yeah, I mean, just if you go to, uh, there's 3,007 U.S. counties, all the county information is at one website, naco.org, naco.org. And then from there, the websites themselves, you can get GIS maps, you can get plat maps, you've got Google Earth giving you satellite maps. All the due diligence now can be done so easily. Even just from your phone, there's, there's apps uh, you know, called like what three words. So you can take a, a crazy land you know, legal description and it'll just turn it into what, you know, three simple words, jonathan.katani.awesome. That gives you the uh, GPS coordinates of that land. Wow, interesting. So what is your role now? What is it that you're, you're spending most of your time doing? So for me, I spend most of my time just thinking. So I, uh, you know, I've got the systems, the processes, um, you know, it's, it's basically, I go take a long walk and uh, I feel badly for the team when I box them or I call them and say, hey, have we thought about this? And then I break something. So I'm kind of more in the business of just breaking what's working. Interesting. Love that. That's awesome that you've set up these systems and, and just have this like fully automated. And then the, the software that you use, did you develop that? I did. I okay. Did. And that was just, and, and what exactly does, does it do? I'm sorry to describe that again. So LG pass is going to automate the front end of the business. So you take a list, you upload it to LG pass. It'll automate your mailings. When the mailings come back, you can plug that into the software team can start putting in putting on the due diligence from there it's going to push out the marketing and then from the marketing it's going to help you follow it into sales and then from sales it'll automate the paperwork purchase sale agreement promissory note land sale contract what used to take me 20 minutes in paperwork now takes one minute i should say one second you just wow push a button it's amazing oh that's incredible and then did you do the coding or did you work with someone to develop it no 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 i i, I worked with a team um and then geekpay.io was a spite store. There was a perfectly good software out there and they just started overcharging. And uh, I'm like, oh, I can do this too. And so I hired a developer and created it. Oh, that's incredible. I love that so much. Well, this has been uh, very fascinating for me. It's definitely, like I said, not anything you get to really talk a lot about, um, you know, kind of flies under the radar, but these numbers are very enticing. I'm going to have to kind of listen, like my experience in terms of raw land is like land entitlement, right? Um, I've just actually closed on a land entitlement deal. So kind of, kind of similar, not really. Um, and then of course, you know, uh, back when my dad moved here, like almost 30 years ago, they were like the third house out there. He's on five acre lots. And of course, you know, in hindsight, I wish we would have bought a hundred acres. So do you ever hold on and kind of play that long game? You know, if it's in the path of growth, I'll put it in a trust and give my heirs the simple, you know, 
kind of <laughs> instruction, do not sell until you get a ridiculous, you know, offer from a developer. Love that. That's awesome. Well, we're kind of coming up against time here. So I have five questions that I ask all of my guests. It's the final five. Uh, what's the best advice you've gotten from a mentor? Uh, best advice I've gotten from a mentor. I, I would say it, it's probably, you know, just uh, get yourself out of the business and, and delegate, automate, systematize. Love that. What is it about your career that makes you feel like you're fulfilling your why? The fact that I've freed so many people from what I call solo economic dependency, which means if you're personally not working, you're not making any money. And so for people to be able to retire their spouse, quit their jobs, travel around the world, spend time with their family, their friends, uh, really explore their, their why in life because they have the passive income to do it. That's been the most gratifying thing for me personally. Awesome. I love that. And I, I assume these are your investors that you're speaking to that you've yeah, helped yeah, along the my, way. These are my clients and investors. Awesome. That's so great. What's your favorite non-real estate or investment related book? Uh, the One Thing by Gary Keller, Jay Papazan. I love that book. Love it. I haven't read it yet, but it's definitely on my list. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, any superpower? I'd love to fly. I think that'd be cool. Absolutely. That's the best one. Yeah. Yeah. You got it, right? Like who wouldn't want to be able to, or at least teleport, I guess that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Last one. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you and learn more? Uh, Thelandgeek.com. And if this model resonates with them, they want to learn more. I think the best way to learn is by doing. So I have a free course that teaches you how to double your money 30 days or less. They can go to thelandgeek.com forward slash quick deals. Yeah, you may uh, see my name pop up there. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it's very enticing. You know, I don't want to chase the, the shiny object thing here, but certainly, you know, you mentioned you're not huge on diversifying, but as something, you know, if it really is that automated and that simple, it, it's something that I definitely could think about, you know, kind of running on the side. So, no, it's definitely very simple, but just like anything in life worth doing, it ain't easy. No, correct. Yes, that's very, that's very fair. You do have to take that, take that into account. But Mark, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I've honestly really enjoyed this. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Listen, guys, I know it's cliche, but please don't forget to like, subscribe. Please leave a review. Would love to know what you guys think of the episodes. And while you're here still listening, don't forget to go to investwithkatani.com and download my free ebook, Is Commercial Real Estate Recession Proof? Thanks so much.